what God is teaching you, you just tell somebody else. What God is pouring into your heart, you pour into somebody else's life. God wants to speak directly into your life, not just so that you would conform, and not just that you would change, but that you would let someone else Hello, and welcome to Hope Worth Having. This is Pastor Mike Sanders. We welcome you to the radio program of Hope Worth Having, and we are excited about what God is teaching us as we have embarked upon a new study in the book of Amos. Today, we're going to continue our study in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 1, and we're learning about the God of creation and that this God of creation speaks directly to our hearts. How does he do that? Well, let's get into God's word and learn more about that together today. People claim that they are receiving new revelation. People claim that somehow they have heard the voice of God. Listen to me, my friends. That God has spoken. He has revealed himself. And it is all captured in his word. From Genesis to Revelation. There is no addition to the revelation of God. Because the word of God is fulfilled and it is complete. And so when someone says they're sitting on their back patio and that they are somehow received a revelation or some kind of vision from God, it may just be that they had too much pizza and root beer. We hope it was root beer, amen? All I'm trying to say to you is this, and when they speak in terms and use terminologies that are not consistent with what we already know to be true, then it is our responsibility to reject that. In the Old Testament, if someone claimed to be a prophet, and the Bible says if they made prophecies, and even if only few of them came true, but some of them were not, they were considered to be heretics. And so here's the thing about God's prophets. They're always 100% right. I told you this, that, you know, all through all the election mess that was going on, that people were sending me videos left and right claiming this prophet said this and that prophet, and, and none of it came true. You know what that tells me? False teachers. False teachers. The junk that you see coming through social media, you need to understand that there is a lot of false teaching and communication but the one true, reliable message that we have this morning is the Word of God. And what we are called back to is to understand that God speaks through His messengers that He has given us. It's not that I'm just talking about that God speaks through somehow Mike Sanders, but I'm saying He speaks through the prophets. He speaks through the apostles, and they are sharing the message of God with us this morning, we believe that God has revealed himself through the Bible. So it is important that when Amos says in verse 3, thus says the Lord, that our antenna goes up, that our attention is focused, for God is speaking through his messenger. The second thing that I want you to see this morning is that God speaks directly into our lives. God speaks directly into our lives. We're back in verse 1, the words of Amos. 
which he saw concerning who? Israel. In the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And then, of course, he would say, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. God's message is not a message for yesteryear. It's not a message for way into the future. But God's message is for you, and it's for me, and he speaks directly into our lives. As we recognize the historical setting of this book, and we see that God is speaking into the lives of his people in the midst of political turmoil, in the midst of the political changes that are going on, that God has a message for them, that God is wanting to speak to them. God controls the course of history. And God is in control of nature, and he is in control of all the events and all the circumstances that are unfolding before us. A discerning Christian would begin to understand that we are not only living in the last days, but we are living in the last hours of the last days, and that God is soon coming, and that he is shifting things happening in this world. He is shaking up things in this world, and what he is trying to do is get our attention, and he is trying to speak into our life, and he wants us to respond to him in total commitment to him. Now, here's what we do. We want to be rebel rousers. We want to fight what God is doing. We want to somehow take things into our control and in our hands. But what God wants you to do is to hear his voice that as he is speaking directly into our lives, everything that has been happening in this world is a message that God is at work. And I want you to see that. When the Bible says the things concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah and Jeroboam, the, the, the Jewish people, when they first read this message and they heard this message from Amos, they knew what was going on. They understood all the chaos, all the confusion that was happening in the world, and they understood it in the context that God was speaking directly to them. That's what I want you to see. That's what I want you to know, is that his voice cannot be ignored. God is speaking, church. He is speaking not only to this world, but he is speaking to his church. And he is speaking to his people. And it is important for us to hear the voice of God. You say, why, Mike? Why? Well, first of all, that we might comprehend the truth of God. I want you again to take your Bible, if you don't mind, and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. That's in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want you to see that God wants us to comprehend the truth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 7, we're going to read all the way to the end of the chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. 
even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things or examines all things. He examines, he, he measures all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, there is so much packed in this verse, I could never begin to teach you everything, but I want you to understand the overarching message. He is simply saying the world can't understand what God is doing, for had they known, the princes, the leaders of the world, had they known what was happening, they would have never crucified Christ, but God used the events of political leaders. He used the events of the political changes. He used the events of everything that was happening to bring about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, which brought about the salvation of mankind. And now God is using, through his spirit, through his truth, he is using all that is happening in this world to communicate to us the deep things of God. The world can't know it. The world can't comprehend it. But you and I, we're not comparing spiritual things with political things. We're not comparing spiritual things with material things. We are comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. We analyze everything through the lens of the Bible. We analyze everything through the lens of God speaking to us and God's message to us. We understand all that is unfolding is a message from heaven to each and every one of us so that we can comprehend the truth. That we can comprehend the truth of who God is. He says you have been blessed with the mind of Christ. Did you see that in verse 16? Every Christian ought to underscore that. We have the mind of Christ. The world doesn't have the mind of Christ. I mean, now, just because you have the mind of Christ doesn't mean you always access the mind of Christ. Just because you are blessed with the Spirit of God living in you doesn't mean that you download the power of God in your life every time. But it's there. It's available. He instructs us. He guides us. He leads us, he blesses us with insight and understanding. 
We are able to comprehend the truth about who God is. We are able to understand and comprehend the truth about ourselves. There's a lack of self-awareness in the body of Christ. We are deceived. We are blind to our own flaws. We are blind to our own failures. We are blind to the things that the world is luring us away from him. And God wants us to be cognizant of our own selves, of where our sinful nature is, our weaknesses are, and where we need to make sure that we are making the changes and the commitments that God is calling us to. This comprehending of the truth is also helping us to understand the truth about others. I mean, I am shocked that Christians are shocked that sinners sin. I mean, why does it shock you? Why are you stunned that the world hates Christianity? Jesus said they hate him, and they will hate you also. Why are you upset that they want to cancel everything? Because they don't like the truth. And they will eventually try to cancel us, and they will try to cancel anything that is of God, anything that is of faith, anything that is promoting Jesus Christ. This has already been prophesied in the Scriptures. We know these things are to come. We know the times that are going to be that there is a spirit of the Antichrist that has already existed in this world and that it will eventually culminate in a person who is the Antichrist who will eventually take over this world. Why are you shocked, dear Christian friends? Or had you been studying your Bible? You would know these things. And you would know the truth about other people. And you would have compassion for them. And you would understand that they are blinded by the world. They are blinded by Satan. And the reason that they behave like they do is not because they're trying to make your life irritable, but they don't know any better because all they know is their sinful, selfish nature. And so we know that the answer is the truth of God. We know it'll awaken their heart. We know that it'll bring light to the darkness. Why does God speak directly into our lives? Not only that we would comprehend the truth, but we would conform to the truth. That we would conform to the truth. The Bible tells us in Romans 8, 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. You are to be in the likeness of God. Now, you want to be in the likeness of Christ when everything's wonderful in your life. We want to be like Jesus when there are no problems and everything's easy and it's so wonderful, but... God wants you to be like Jesus when there are trials in your life. God wants you to be like Jesus when there's temptations in your life. God wants you to be like Jesus when there are changes in your life. He wants you to handle everything according to the word of God, just as Christ would. What's happening in your life is no mistake. There are no accidents. We can define them in a human term as an accident, but somehow in the wisdom of God, he has either foreordained it or he has allowed it. And you may say, I don't like that. But see, you're not the boss. You're not the Lord. You can argue with God all you want, but he is the one that is foreordaining things in your life, and he is allowing things in your life. And I want to tell you that if there were not certain things happening in your life, you would never learn about the areas that need to still be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. 
Because all of us are blind to our own weaknesses and our own sins. We have these blind spots. And in these blind spots, we avoid addressing them. We tuck them away. We hide them in the dark closets of our heart. And we say, I don't want to deal with that. I'm just going to be a pretender. I'm just going to put on a facade every day. And I'm just going to act like everything's wonderful in my life. And then here's what God does. He shakes things up in your life. And you're fully exposed. And there you are. And everything that you hid is right out there. And God says, you know, I know you're upset about that, but I want you to change that in your life. I want you to address it in your life. And so it is, this is how God is working to conform us to the truth. What should be our response? Just three words. We should agree with him. We should agree with him. We like to argue, don't we? We like to argue. You know, sometimes parents have strong-willed children. It doesn't matter. They could say, hey, it's raining out there, and their child would argue with them. No, it's not. You have people like that, right, in your life. God doesn't want you to be like that. Here's what the Bible says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. The word confess means to agree with. It's not that I'm just saying, hey, God, here's my issue, here's my problem, here's my sin, here's my weakness, here's where I struggle. It's that I'm agreeing with God. You're right, God. You've exposed this in my life. You've used people. You've used circumstances. You've used problems in my life to expose these areas so I can address these issues in my heart. And God, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to debate with you. I'm not going to wrestle with you because you don't win when you wrestle with God. Did you know that? But you agree with God. How do I respond? I not only agree, but I yield. I yield, or we could maybe put it like this. I surrender. You see, that's what God is calling us to be in Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves or that you yield yourselves. That's what he's saying. As a living sacrifice, I get off the altar. I want to do my own thing. I want to live for self. I'm not all about denying self. I'm not going to take up my cross and sacrifice for God. And God smacks you upside the head through the circumstances, problems of life. And he says, why don't you get back up on that altar? That's where the most meaningful life is for the believer, is the life that is fully yielded to God. Now, let me ask you a question. What are you holding back? What are you holding back? Have you yielded every area of your life to God? Abraham? We've been studying about him on Wednesday nights. And Abraham, he yielded his only son to God. Sometimes parents are trying to hold on to the kid. Sometimes you're trying to hold on to the career. Sometimes you're trying to hold on to the things that you want. But what have you yielded to God? And don't get upset. Don't get afraid. Because here's the thing. Remember Isaiah? He yielded his whole life to God. And God turned his world upside down. And in Isaiah 6, he found himself prostrate before God. And he was crying out to God. And he was looking to the king. And he was looking to the politics for his answers. And God said, you need to see me high and lifted up. High and lifted up. And he did. And Isaiah said, 
here am I. Send me. And what's so amazing is Isaiah never went anywhere. It's just that God wanted to know that he would yield. Abraham never had to let go of his son, never had to sacrifice his son because God just wanted to test him and see if he would yield. Would you surrender all? Would you surrender all and make God number one in your life? Would you surrender it all and say, Lord, I'm all in. I'm totally committed to you. It's all about you. My third response is not only to agree with God and yield to God, but it is to obey God. It is to obey God. The height of our love to God is obedience to God. Time and time again, when I show people the word of God, they will say, well, that doesn't matter. Yes, it does. The Bible matters. God's word matters. And my job is not to try to always explain or to have a, a, a good reason why God said this. If God said, says it, my friends, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. It settles. That's it. His wisdom is greater. His wisdom is higher. His wisdom is better than Mike Sanders. And so we totally conform to the truth. When God speaks directly into my life, not only does he do it to help me comprehend the truth, to conform to the truth, but to thirdly, communicate the truth. God wants you and I to share the truth we are learning. We are one beggar telling another beggar where the bread is. That's who we are, people. And the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 2.2 that the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That is how it goes. That is the cycle, is that what God is teaching you, you just tell somebody else. What God is pouring into your heart, you pour into somebody else's life. God wants to speak directly into your life, not just so that you would conform, and not just that you would change, but that you would let someone else know. So when's the last time you shared what God is teaching you? I know. You love to share what you're having for dinner on social media, and nobody cares. Amen? <laughs> Am I the only one? I don't want to know what you had for dinner, okay? But when's the last time you shared what God is teaching you? God is showing you. That's what I'm trying to encourage you to do. Why should I communicate his truth? Because people are hopeless without Christ. It's getting worse, church. As our world becomes more secular, as our world becomes more humanistic, as God is on the back burner of the world, their hopelessness is more prevalent. Why does God want you to share the truth? Because the only hope is Jesus Christ. Why does God want you to communicate the truth? Because he wants all kinds of people to be saved. I mean, God is not limited. He wants people from all walks of life to be saved. He wants people from every nation to be saved. He wants people from different backgrounds to be saved. He wants people to be saved that he has created in this world. And the reason that God is sharing his truth with you is so you can share it with other people. Can God's people say amen? I'll tell you why you need to communicate his truth. Because we need to be grateful for what Christ has done for us. 
We're always complaining, aren't we? We're guilty of that. God, forgive us. Lord, take away that spirit of complaining from me and bless me with a spirit of gratefulness. Thankfulness. When's the last time you expressed thankfulness as you're communicating to others? I'm grateful for the trial. I'm grateful for the changes. I'm grateful for the problems. It's not that we want the problems. It's not that we want the trial, but we love what God is doing in us, through us, and around us as a result of the trial. And that's why James said to us, count it all joy when you are going through diverse trials. Oh, I'm not happy because of the trial, but I am happy that God is at work in the trial of my life. So my third point, oh, buddy, I got to hurry. <laughs> How can two verses take this long? What's the problem here, Pastor? All right, we're in verse two. God speaks through calamities. See, that's where I want to spend most of the time with you. But I had such a good time in the second point. But he said, the Lord will roar from Zion, utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the habitations of the shepherds shall mourn, and the top of Carmel shall wither. Here is what he's saying. Look at this. He is saying through the calamities of nature that God is speaking to us. The roar of Zion. The voice from Jerusalem. The withering of the grass in Carmel. What are those things that he is saying? He is teaching us the roar is in the Hebrew the idea of thundering. We see this same word in Job 37, verse 2. Hear attentively the thunder of his voice and the rumbling that comes from his mouth. We see here that God is referred to as the Lion of Judah who is roaring through the whole earth. He is roaring from Zion. He is not the quiet lion that is ready to sneak up upon you. But rather, God is bold and out front, and he is saying that through the calamities of this world, God is shouting. You say, Mike, why are you yelling? God is shouting. He's shouting, and he is speaking his message. It is not only that he is speaking it through the roar of nature and the thunderings of his voice and the rumblings that are coming from his mouth. But would you go back to verse one and would you note that Amos says this is two years before the earthquake. We don't know much about this earthquake, but we know that it's referred to as the earthquake. If I say to you 9-11, you already know what I'm talking about, right? I don't have to explain it. That's the way it was with the Jewish people when they heard about the earthquake. They knew about this natural disaster that took place. Zechariah referred to this earthquake years later when he said in Zechariah 14, verse 5, you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Isaiah. Yea, you shall flee like as you fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah, and the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. God is using nature. God is using earthquakes, thunderings to speak into our lives. He is using the upheaval of political change 
to speak into our lives. The book of Amos is bringing to our attention that while the land is trembling, while the lives of people are shaking in the midst of confusion and disarray, that God is speaking to his people. He is calling them to full commitment, full surrender. So I leave you with this, church. Hebrews 12, 25. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape. We turn away from him who speaks from heaven. You may wonder, is God speaking? My friend, he definitely is. And if you want to hear what God has to say, open the Bible and begin to hear what God has to say to you. The message that God has given to Amos, who was an unusual prophet, but he had a very extraordinary message that God had given him. And I pray that you and I are going to be called to a greater commitment and loyalty to our Savior as we hear the God of creation speak. I want to encourage you, make sure you check us out on Facebook. If you just go to Facebook, type in Hope Worth Having, and we'd love for you to like us on the page, keep up with what we're posting as you continue to learn more and more about this ministry and how you can be a part of praying for this ministry and making impact for the glory of Christ. This is Pastor Mike Sanders reminding you that in Christ, there is hope worth having.